for another episode of Mastering Love and Life with Clifton Brantley. Appreciate you guys joining me for today's episode. Today's episode is sponsored by the Holy Spirit. That's all I got. <laughs> um, but listen, I got something for you today, man. I think it is crucial to marriage, to the body, to life, society. Uh, I think it's really important. And so I'm talking about this concept. I say this all the time. I literally say this all the time. I have several um, signs around my house that I've made out of wood with this saying on it. And so, uh, yeah, I say this all the time. What is the saying? Marriage is God's idea. That's, that's, you know, I say that all the time. I got that from the, the, the phrase years ago, my former pastor, Dr. Michael P. Williams, uh, the late Dr. Michael P. Williams, he had a sermon called marriage is God's idea. And that has stuck with me. And so now that is, uh, something that I use. It's the name of my, my new podcast that I haven't really launched yet, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna launch a whole new podcast. That's the name of it. It's going to be strictly about marriage, doing marriage God's way. Okay. But now listen, I've been doing marriage, um, therapy for over 10 years and I've been studying relationships for longer than that. I think that most people would agree that marriage is not what it used to be, right? It's, it's different. But I believe that the creator of a thing is the only one qualified to determine how it works. If you create something, you're the only one that can determine its purpose, right? So marriage is God's idea. And because marriage is God's idea, and that's kind of a vast topic, right? There's a lot to that. Today, uh, I'm just sharing with you, this is part one of what I believe will be a multi-part series to help men understand God's intended purpose for marriage and what he intended for husbands to be. Now, why do I say husbands? Because we're going into Manhood uh, Mondays, and I'm probably going to be teaching this on Manhood Mondays. Um, and so I'm going to cater it to husbands because I believe, as you'll see in the stuff that I share with you, everything starts with the man. It starts with the husband. And so um, if I can help men understand God's original intent for the husband, wives, I believe, will be easier to disciple, so to speak. And, 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 and I believe they'll fall in line. At least they'll fall in line easier than if I started with the women and tried to get the men to follow. Right. I don't think that's wise. I don't think that'll work. So, um, so yeah, so, so I'm sharing from the perspective of helping men understand what God intended for husbands. Now today, today, this, so what I'm sharing today is really kind of like, uh, foundational background, right? I won't get into like the, the, the real meat of what I want to share about husbands because I got to lay this foundation first, right? And, and so that's what I'm going to do today. Do today. Uh, disclaimer, mm -hmm. what I'm sharing in this little 
mini series or whatever you want to call it. It's not for everybody. I recognize that. Like it's it's not for everyone. This is for people who believe in the Bible, who believe in the God of the Bible, and who want to honor God with their marriage. That is specifically who this uh, this little mini series is for. And really, it's for people also too who want to be successful at marriage. Because doing marriage God's way is the only way, the only way where you have a guaranteed success rate. Guaranteed. When you do marriage God's way, you cannot fail. Not you will not fail, you cannot. Right? So you may say, well, I don't know much about the Bible or the God of the Bible, but I want a successful marriage. Well, then this is for you because you may get educated on how you can create that. Right? So when I say when I say marriage is God's idea, what do I mean? I mean that the institution of marriage was created by God. This is important because it tells us where to look for answers concerning marriage. Right? When you have a problem with something, you go to the manufacturer, or in this case, the creator. And in the book of Genesis, the book of beginnings, it tells us how the first marriage came to be. All right, it tells us how the first marriage came to be. Now, the beginning of the book details the creation story. Right? Now, there's a pattern that we see throughout creation um, that, it, like, it's a repeated pattern until we get to the creation of man. Right? There's a pattern. From, for the first five days, there's a certain pattern. But then when you get to creation of man, there's a different pattern. So the pattern is this. God speaks, things happen, and then God says, it is good. Okay? Let me give you the pattern again. God speaks, things happen, and then God says, it is good. But when it came to man... It says that God formed him from the dust of the ground as opposed to speaking him into existence, right? This is the first time God is uh, creating something by other than speaking. God formed him and then blew the breath of life into his nostrils and then man became a living soul. You feel me? Now, so the first pattern interruption was God forming instead of speaking, Right. That's, that's the first time he, he formed instead of speak. The second pattern interruption was this. After creating man, God did not say it was good. He did not say. As a matter of fact, it is the first time that he says anything is not good. He said it's not good for man to be alone. Right. That's 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 what God said. Um, now. Let's part. Let, let, let's let's kind of look at God's um, the way He does things. So let me show you something with you. God is intentional, right? God is an intentional God. God is not random. God is not. God is not like He doesn't haphazardly do things. He doesn't just do things on a whim, right? God is. He is intentional. Nothing He does is random, and so. Because he's intentional, when it says it's not good for man to be alone, you got to understand God is the one who created him to not be good alone. Does that make sense? God is intentional. God created a man. 
He then said, it's not good for the man to be alone, but God is the one created him who created him to not be good being alone. And so I'm speaking on his intentionality because he is God and he knew what his plan was. He could have created the man and the woman at the same time and in the same way, but he did not. Right. So when I say, when I say he knew what his plan was like, God knew, you know, his plan for man, for marriage, for human connection. Like he knew he could have just created it and it'd be done. Right. But that's not what he did. So then knowing that God is intentional, you has to, you have to ask yourself, why did he do that that way? Well, what's the point? He did it that way to teach us something about his original design for marriage. Right. I, I believe God scripture is recorded the way it's recorded, particularly in Genesis to teach us something. Right. Uh, like he creates Adam with a problem and then points out the problem and then he solves the problem. Right. And I believe he didn't have to do it that way. Right. He could have just created it and we figured it out. But he did that, I believe, for us. Like the time when Jesus fed over 5000 people. Right. In John six, five, Jesus said to Philip, like it was a crowd of people and uh, they didn't have enough food. Jesus says to Philip, uh, where are we going to buy bread for all these people to eat? Like where are we going? Popeye's is closed. It's Sunday. Chick-fil-A is closed. Where are we going to get food for all these people? Why did Jesus ask Philip that question? The Bible says in verse six, he said that to test him for he knew what he would do. In other words, Jesus asked Philip a question that Philip didn't have the answer to. Jesus knew that he was the answer and he knew what he intended to do. But he asked Philip the question to make him aware of how, look, look this is a problem. How are we going to fix it? And Philip's answer, obviously, was, I don't know, like, how am I know? And then Jesus says, bam, I'm the answer. And he, and he fixed it, right? He did it also, too, with Lazarus. Yeah, the time when he let his friend Lazarus die, the reason he let Lazarus die was to teach a lesson, right? He did that so that the people would get a deeper understanding of who he was at the time. Now, back to the creation story and the first marriage. Here's what it says. The Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make for him a suitable helper. But interestingly, the next thing God did was not create Adam a wife. He says, it's not good for man to be alone. I'm going to create for him a helper. But then he didn't create him a wife. Instead, he gave Adam an assignment to name the animals. And then it says that after Adam named all the animals, there still was no suitable mate for him. In other words, because remember, God is intentional. Why is this in scripture? Several, it's several applications, but I believe this is one of them, right? God is teaching us something about marriage, human connection, how we humans thrive, right? 
It says that no suitable mate was found for Adam. In other words, animals were not God's answer to Adam's problem that God created. I wish I had a, I, I, I really need a church right there so somebody can say something back to me, right? That, that, was, that, was, that was good. I'm going to say that again. <laughs> animals were not God's answer to Adam's problem that God created. God created Adam with the problem. God knew he was going to solve the problem, but he brought him animals knowing that's not the answer I'm going to give you. Okay, so then God puts Adam to sleep, takes a rib from his side, and forms a woman, right? When Adam sees her, he says, at last, this is now bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man, right? Now, you may be saying, well, I thought this was going to be, you know, controversial. You say this ain't for everybody. Here's the controversial part, or at least part of it. It's going to get more and more in, in uh, future sessions or future episodes, but um, here it is here. When it comes to marriage, one part, when it comes to marriage, although the husband and wife are created equally, the husband is the head of the wife. Yeah. The husband is the head of the wife, but actually that's not the truly controversial part, honestly. Like, most people, most people, not all people, most people kind of accept the fact that the husband is the head, right? They, most people accept that. But the real controversial part is found in verse 18 of chapter 2 in Genesis. Yeah. Here's what it says. When God said it was not good for the man to be alone, he also said, watch this, I will make for him a helper suitable for him. You feel me? In other words, Eve, according to the Bible, was created for Adam, not Adam for Eve. I'm just talking about the creation process. I'm not saying that Adam is not Eve's husband. She is. I mean, he is. But I'm saying the way creation works, uh, uh, Eve was created for Adam. Adam wasn't created for Eve. Why is that important? Because it tells of God's original intent. Now, watch this. He did not say, I mean, he did not create. Make sure I'm clear on this part. God did not create the wife to serve the husband. Being the head of your wife does not mean she is subservient to you. Doesn't that mean she's beneath you? Does not mean she's your private butler, right? We have mistakenly concluded that submission means serving my food and washing my clothes. Listen, housework, um, all of that, just I'll put out, put it all in one box. None of that has anything to do with submission. That. That had nothing to do with submission. You know, my wife fixed my plate. Uh, you know, she washed my clothes and, you know, she does this and she does that. That's great. That She's just, you know, a docile wife. But that has nothing to do with submission, right? The wife was created for the husband as a helper. 
as a helper. Now, let me back up to make sure that I'm not sending you mixed messages. When I said that the wife wasn't created to serve the husband, I'm saying uh, God didn't create her to serve him solely as lovers. So love is about service. So we serve each other. Right. So we're going to serve each other in marriage. But what I'm saying is God didn't create the wife to be the husband's waiter. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like he didn't create her for she's not your slave. Okay. Uh, Her assignment is helper. God created for the husband a helper. Her assignment is to help him fulfill God's purposes. That's kind of controversial, too. So let me back up and say that again. The wife's assignment is to help the husband fulfill God's purposes. Yeah. So in other words, if you so let, for, for my folk who are not married, if you are a female and you want to be married, you need to be trying to find a man that you can help with what God is already doing in his life. Yeah. If you can't help him, then that's not, that may not be the right choice for you. Men, if you're looking for a wife, number one, you need to be doing God's work. And then because a wife is for that. See, we think marriage is for us, but I'll talk about that another time. But if you're looking for a wife, you need to be looking for someone who can help you with the assignment God has given you. Now, outside of the assignment, and I hope I'm not getting ahead of myself. I need to look at my notes. But outside of your assignment, uh, your wife, the husband and wife relationship, it can like y'all can go to Vegas and have fun or to the beach and, you know, y'all can play and laugh and do things. I'm, I'm, I'm strictly talking about marriage as it relates to God's purposes. Right. And I'm not saying that the marriage is all about 100 percent God's purposes. Well, I guess it is in a certain way. But I mean, it's not all about your assignment. Right. That's not 100 percent of the marriage. But anyway, I'm digressing. Let me get back to what I was saying. So I know that we don't do marriage this way anymore. Yeah, we don't do marriage the way where the wife is for the husband. The husband has an assignment. Right. And her purpose in the marriage, not in life. Maybe maybe it's not her life purpose. I give you that. But her purpose in the marriage is to help him be great in the kingdom. Because him being great, because we're one body, makes them be great. But that's how God designed it. Right? And like I said, I know we don't do marriage that way anymore. But that may be why uh, marriage looks the way that it does. You feel me? I believe that a man who is not fulfilling God's purposes does not need a wife. Yep. More controversy, right? Yeah. If you're not doing what God has called you to do, or if you're not, you know, like if you're not promoting the kingdom in some kind of way, if you, if you don't have a God, not if you don't have a God assignment, if you haven't discovered your God assignment, you don't need a wife. Now you may get a wife or you may want a wife, I'm talking about need. You don't need a wife if you if you don't even know what your assignment is. And a woman who is not ready to be the help that a husband needs, she, she don't need to be a wife. 
Yeah, if you're not ready to be the help, if you want to come in, you know, if you are on that Janet Jackson theology where it's, you know, what have you done for me lately? Or, you know, you need to romance me. You need to buy me stuff. You need to take me shopping. You need to make my world great. Women think that, you know, you watch too many romantic movies and read too many novels and thinking that it's all about romance and your happiness. Marriage is not about your happiness. Right. That's something else we've mistakenly believed about marriage. Your happiness has nothing to do with marriage. Nothing. Happiness is your own personal reality. Right. That's between you and your God and what's going on in your personal life. You bring your happiness to the marriage by being a happy person. But don't think you're going to come to marriage looking for happiness and you're going to find it because you won't. It doesn't live there. Right now, when I say when I say that the husband is the head of the wife and the wife is there to help the husband, you may think that this makes things easier on the man. But actually, it gives the man more responsibility. Yeah. And that's why I'm covering this topic, because I believe husbands don't know how to be husbands. We get married and yeah, we want to be the boss. We want to be the head. But we don't know what all comes with that responsibility. And I believe scripture supports that men are supposed to be the covering for the wife. Yeah. So you notice how the Bible says uh, in in Genesis 2, when it gets to the end, for this reason, meaning the, the reason of marriage, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be clung to, stuck to, glued to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Let me tell you another way to read that. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother, establish a new house, so his wife, his potential wife, can leave her parents' home and now come be under his covering, and the two will be one flesh. Right? Now, let me tell you what I mean by covering. By covering, I mean protector, provider, priest right protector provider priest the uh, this the, the simple picture the simple picture is the wife takes care of the husband and the husband takes care of God's plans right that's the, the simple that's very simplified right that, like I say in future episodes uh, I'll pull back the layers to show you how God intended marriage to be and what to do about changing yours. But just like the plan, uh, just like God's plan for marriage started with the man, you creating a thriving marriage is also going to start with the man. It's going to start with the husband. Right. I believe as the husband goes, so goes the marriage. And I need to lay this foundation of God's original intent for marriage so that, um, as we dive deeper, you'll have a deeper understanding or your, your understanding will go deeper as well. Right. And now what that means for wives is wives. I'm going to be sharing things that may be difficult for you to hear, too. But if your husband gets in line with the things that I'm telling the husband to do, the things I'm telling you to do, you'll do gladly. You will like just think about it. Nobody really has a problem serving Christ, right? So, so husbands, love your wives the way Christ loved the church. Christ 
represents the husband and he loves his church, right? I don't mind being submissive to Christ. Why? It ain't because of his punch. It's, it's not because I believe God's going to punish me. That ain't why I want to be submissive to him. I submit to his will because of his love for me, because of all of what he's done for me, because of how he cares for me, because he is my God. So husbands, when you love your wife a certain way, I promise you submission won't be hard at all. Just again, when you think about that, you, when you think, man, she ain't going to submit. Think about how you submit to God and how you don't ever think about, man, I can't believe I'm doing what God say. You don't think like that. Right. No. I do understand that not every man is, is going to want to do marriage the way God intended. I just hope that you understand that without doing marriage God's way, you are left to figure it out on your own. Like I said before, only God's way has a 100% sex rate, success rate. So what will you choose? Hmm? Yeah. I hope this was helpful for you. I hope it blessed you. Stay tuned because uh, part two, I'm going to go a little deeper. Right. This was the foundation. Uh, but I really, I really believe this is this can be a game changer for you in your marriage if you decide to do marriage God's way get out of your own way and create the marriage that you desire you feel me all right y'all take care